Back in 2014, as Google finalized the acquisition of the artificial intelligence startup called DeepMind for more than $500 million, that was the start of the run toward AI. That was the moment where AI started to be hot again. We were still far from the moment where in 2020 and then 2022 we saw the further explosion of a business ecosystem around AI. But, you know, there was already a moment in which companies like Google and Facebook were running toward the, uh, you know, really the conquest and the domination of the AI industry. Indeed, it's quite interesting because uh, the whole story behind the, behind the acquisition of DeepMind, DeepMind uh, it may be an issue uh, that uh, I'm going to tell one day uh, about uh, the, the whole thing because there was a sort of bidding, bidding war between like uh, Facebook and Google, eventually DeepMind, uh, probably more in line with uh, the, the vision of Google, especially from an ethical standpoint of how to handle the progress in AI, uh, decided to go for, for Google. But uh, it was quite interesting because that also opened up the, the, the run toward the, the kind of AI industry that we have today. In fact, as the story goes, um, the, the creation of also OpenAI in 2016 as a research lab, uh, it was also a way to have a counterbalance against the potential domination of Google into AI. And it's not a secret that for years Google has been working a lot of, uh, on AI, although uh, really uh, it has been done that uh, behind uh, closed doors. And um, in part because, of course, the, there is an ethical dilemma where, uh, you know, there, there is always the doubt of how the AI research that uh, gets publicized then can get used by bad actors. But then on the other side, there is also a business perspective where, of course, uh, you know, knowing that uh, someone like Google is working on a huge transformational technology, uh, without knowing exactly what they're doing can also create a huge amount of worry for uh, all the other all the other players in the market and that's where also how the history of openai was prompted a little bit because in 2016 again the research lab of openai was established as a sort of counterbalance to google with the aim to sharing uh, everything that they were doing when it came to actually the research into AI. Now, to be fair, of course, over the years, also Google has released a lot of open source stuff when it comes to, to AI. And um, uh, there is uh, always, again, this dilemma also on the open AI side, now that it's scaling up from a business standpoint and where it's transitioning, as I explained in a previous episode, to becoming more like a, a sort of for-profit organization where a uh, huge deal with Microsoft might further transform this, um, this entity, uh, moving more toward becoming a profit-seeking enterprise. And it's quite interesting because, again, um, you know, DeepMind uh, opened up the, this transformation. It took quite a long time because if you think about it, it was 2014, so almost like a decade since uh, really this run started and when really probably neural nets started to become viable again and started to become interesting and move from uh, uh, behind the search, uh, research lab into like the business world. And as I explained in the previous episodes, like real, this jump for, for instance, for OpenAI was like 2019 with the release of uh, GPT-2. And um, there is no doubt that, for instance, Google has uh, this technology uh, ready uh, and uh, that uh, could have launched something uh, similar, uh, as similar as ChatGPT. 
um, since it, is, it has been working on this technology for a bit longer than, than others. And, you know, if you think about it in 2018, um, you know, Google launched uh, Google Duplex, uh, which was a quite interesting a virtual assistant that uh, when it was showcased, actually it was uh, the, the whole business world was quite impressed. Uh, and uh, technology world as well, because it was uh, 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 an assistant, a virtual assistant that was able to handle very complex uh, conversations, which honestly already at the time looked like as a sort of uh, uh, of a ChatGPT uh, early version, which, however, instead of being released as something uh, as a product in its own sake, which would have been too risky probably for Google, it was released as a controlled feature in US within the Google Assistant. And now, if I'm not mistaken, this has been rolled out uh, across various states in the US. But the key point here is uh, uh, actually it seems that uh, Google, through DeepMind, is getting ready to launch um, uh, competitor of ChatGPT, uh, which is going to be called Sparrow. This was announced in a time interview by uh, Asabis, uh, which is the CEO and co-founder co of uh, DeepMind, which again was sold to Google. So now it's Research Lab, a part of Google, in, uh, in uh, uh, 2014. And um, it's also quite interesting because in the last days there has been a huge shakeup uh, at uh, Google uh, Cloud uh, when it comes to the executive team. It, it seems that there is a huge shakeup. And if you do understand from my previous episodes the intersection between a cloud and uh, the evolution of uh, OpenAI uh, you know, products, uh, so the, 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 the history of the partnership between like Microsoft and OpenAI and how the cloud infrastructure made possible to OpenAI to keep releasing incredible products from, uh, from generative models, you do understand also why this shakeup right now may be happening on the cloud side for Google. Because if things didn't move fast enough, uh, also, uh, you know, if a competition became like uh, so strong uh, from, from uh, an OpenAI standpoint, uh, threatening uh, from a survival standpoint, uh, something like Google, then you do understand that you need to create a shakeup in the infrastructure where it's going to be like the, the physical infrastructure for AI, which is going to be like the cloud uh, infrastructure of Google. Now, the interesting thing is uh, most probably uh, as announced uh, by the, the, the CEO of DeepMind for, for time, I'm going to leave this in the show notes. The, uh, the, this uh, competitor of ChatGPT, which uh, is called Sparrow, is going to most probably be released for private beta uh, sometime in 2023. And, uh, you know, DeepMind is saying that most probably the, the, the primary delay is given by the fact that they're trying to make this uh, competitor of ChatGPT good at things that ChatGPT is not. Uh, like, you know, the, 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 um, as I explained in a previous episode, the ChatGPT is not good at factual uh, things, meaning that in many cases might give you answers that are not factually correct and that is not able to connect to the web and is not able to list the, and cite the sources that is using for the answers. So that's where uh, uh, Google and DeepMind are working. And as you can imagine, they need to work on this uh, because uh, if you release a tool like that, which is going to be a tool freely available on the, on the market, you might already be able uh, with the Google infrastructure to look into ways to monetize this tool uh, through advertising. And therefore, you want to make sure that this tool is solid enough for advertisers, for instance, and for the whole uh, publishing ecosystem to be happy with it. So it's much more complex job because this is not just a, a technology, a technological issue. This is a, a business ecosystem issue. So it's a, it's a, a convergence between technology, product, distribution, 
and uh, uh, the, the way the ecosystem and monetization, so uh, revenue modeling, so the way the whole ecosystem works. And um, it's quite interesting though, because uh, just like Google has been quite good in integrating a new format uh, like uh, the shorts within YouTube and able actually uh, being able to also start enabling the only platform to enable, which enabled the creators to start monetizing this new format, which was created in the, for, for the first time, which was actually popularized, popularized for the first time on a platform like TikTok, you do understand that the strength of Google is not just to release uh, you know, new technological uh, advancements or products, but is also uh, to integrate those products into an advertising machine, which is scalable and that is able to provide to creators the ability to to actually monetize this stuff of course now the the question is if this is going to be like an ai generated tool how do you enable creators and you know there are many answers to that and some of those are of course uh, creators in the way we think about creators might change in the future meaning that uh, creators will be those who are able to prompt the 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 ai in a certain in a specific way thus creating a whole set of new uh, capabilities that before uh, we didn't have, for instance, uh, the ability of uh, the, the uh, chat GPT-like model of Google, like Sparrow, to to provide very quickly specific answers and therefore also use the references that this tool is able to give to actually make those uh, answer, uh, answers uh, factually correct. But then on the other side also have agreements from uh, you know the uh, advertising network to use a tool like that to be monetized with uh, with uh, with advertisement. So again, here the issue is a little bit more complex, but it's quite interesting to understand that right now there is already something in the pipeline uh, on um, the DeepMind side to 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 like launch a competitor of ChatGPT and something that uh, might actually override some of the limitations that ChatGPT has. And of course, if this is going to be released on the market, most probably it's going to be just like uh, ChatGPT, like a free tool, again, which might uh, most probably they're gonna try to monetize it through um, advertising as well. It's not gonna be easy initially, just like you know they did with the shorts within YouTube, where initially they just pushed the format, they tested it, and then they tried to scale it, and then after a while they tried to um, uh, enable it uh, to to monetize through their own advertising machine. They might try the same in um, in um, with a ChatGPT-like product. Uh, remembering that uh, Google has been trying to actually provide the technology to give direct answers for years through uh, features snippets and stuff like that. So it's an issue that they already know from a legal standpoint how to uh, toggle in part. So we see how it plays out, but it's going to be an, interest, an interesting development to look at. Mm -hmm.